What's up guys, welcome to today's money. Thank you for listening, I appreciate you being here. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, there's a link for that in the description. And if you wanna jump right into the podcast, skip the next 30 seconds of ad space. There aren't many people that come in and pick it up and also convey the knowledge that they have like you do. So it's like you get it really well and I see you applying it really well. You follow what was in the courses very well and I wanna talk to you about that too. But not only that, you're also teaching it really well. Like you convey the trades really well. So I, I gotta not only applaud you on that, but also thank you for giving me the time and everybody on the YouTube community the time. No, thank you, man. Honestly, like the strategy, like it, it really just meshes with me because I'm very analytical. I'm like a very like, I'm an analytical guy. I like routines and that like, it, it just kind of clicked, you know what I mean? And um, yep. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice, it's really good. It's been really helpful. Good, I'm glad, bro. So let, let's get right into it. So welcome back, everybody. I appreciate you taking the time to be here. I have another awesome conversation. I don't want to call them interviews because it's not like a, hey, how old were you when this happened? It's a conversation. And today's conversation is going to be, I think, really relatable to a lot of you, whether you're new and you're struggling to find a system to find consistency, or if you've been trading and you're not at that level that you want to be, I think no matter where you are in your trading journey, you're going to take some value out of my conversation here with Alex Alfonso. So Alex, before we jump into the questions, say hello to everybody and give us like a 50,000 foot view of who you are. <laughs> hey guys. Uh, so my name is Alex Alfonso. I'm 29 years old from uh, Yonkers, New York, and I'm a Forex trader pretty much, or I'd like to consider myself a Forex trader. Not a master of anything yet, but I'm working my way there. I'm trying to get better day by day. I like that. Not the master, not the guru, but just trying to get better every day. I feel like that is the humble man's approach. So that's probably not the bravado that you came into the market with. So where's your trading experience come from? Have you traded any other markets before? Or were you just a straight Forex guy from the jump? No, um, I've actually never traded any instrument before. I mean, I grew up, I guess I learned a little bit about the stock market. So I had kind of like a familiar familiarity with how everything worked. Um, but I never actually traded the stock market. Um, I got into Forex and that was like my fir very first instrument that I got into. And I've had literally no experience in it. I just saw it one day on Instagram, saw a guy that had the, the profits photo and was like, you could do this too. And I was like, yes, I can. You know? <laughs> so that's how I got into Forex and um, I've been trading it ever since. It's incredible that you said it just like that because literally when you hear the interview that I did with Dennis, he says it the same way he saw somebody with the lambo with the profits with the money yeah. and he was like yo i can do that i feel like that's where so many of us get into trading like when i found it it was i was working for northwestern mutual studying to take my series seven and i was just on facebook and i saw these people talking about binary options i don't know how i even got sucked into it but like binary options is actually what brought me into forex and wow. i quickly realized that binary was not a legitimate way to make money and i ended up then through social media through someone's post with their money in the, in a pool, showing me profits transparent in the background. You know what I mean? You know, like the corny, you know what I'm you talking know, about? Yeah, 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 you know the pictures. I'm guilty. Yeah. I'll call it corny, but I'll, I, I did it when I first started too, when I was creating content. But that's the kind of post that attract everybody into trading. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel like it's it's a good it's a good catcher. It'll definitely catch you. You post a lot of money up on social media. You take a picture in front of a Lambo and you tell people that they could do it. They're going to buy into your signals. And I think that's that's the main reason why a lot of people got into it. Some might admit it. 
uh, might not admit it, but I'm pretty sure that's the exact reason why you get into this trade. Oh Honestly, in the beginning, you're looking to make money. Like this, at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's about making money, but once you get deeper into it and you start actually trying to make yourself a consistently profitable trader, you quickly realize that that's not what it's all like. It is what it's about, but there's a lot more to it. There's like it's like an onion, man. You just gotta keep peeling those layers back, and eventually you'll get to the middle. But you never know when that's gonna be, you know. Absolutely. What helped you transition from that phase of like being dazed by all the social media stuff and being amazed <clears throat> at the potential of trading? What helped you like filter through that to become more serious, like more business focused? Like, okay, I need to not get distracted with this stuff because there's value here, but this foo-foo stuff on top is not for me. What what made that switch? On, um, the main driver for my mindset switch was the fact that I was not profitable. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was, when I first started, uh, I mean, I started on demo like everybody, but even on my demo account, my P&L and my loss rate was abysmal. Um, I want to say that my win rate was around 20% or something like that. And I had no risk management plans or anything like that. So I was pretty much blowing demo money, right? And that's kind of like a mindset changer because you quickly start realizing that the Lambos and the money, it's not that easy to attain. At least it's not as easy as they portrayed. And that's what kind of made me take like a step back and slow down a little bit and be like, all right, there's a lot more to this. Um, and there's a lot more to learn pretty much. When you realize that, what, cause I feel like when you come into trading, at least for me, I didn't know how specific you could even be with your system. Like I didn't even know what a system was. And now a lot of people come into trading and they hear people like you and me talk about a system out of all of the pieces that you kind of now have thrown together over the last year or so with us, how important is cause you mentioned it already risk management. How important is that piece of your system? Risk management, if not, it is definitely the most important part of the trading, uh, the trading journey. If you have a good risk management plan in place, you pretty much you guarantee yourself uh, growth and profitability, no matter what. Because you could, if you have a good risk management plan in place, you could lose 60, 70 percent of the time, and that those 30, 40 percent of your wins, as long as the R and R is there, you're pretty much going to come out profitable. And that's pretty much how important it is because in trading, you don't have to be right all the time. You just, you know, you have to be right 40% of the time. That's pretty much it. Yeah. At least that's what I learned. That was a quote that stuck with me. No, and, and I agree. I was talking to Steve Burns, like I said to you earlier, and he was saying to me, out of, cause, dude, his knowledge is just, his experience is so deep. Just because he's spoken to so many successful traders and read so many books, like hundreds of books on psychology and trading, he said, in his 20, 30 years of experience. And he said the number one thing that the best, like Paul Tudor Jones quality traders, the number one thing they all had under control and in common was their risk management. No matter what, it didn't matter what market they were in, it didn't matter anything. There's always big dogs in every market, he was saying, but the biggest ones always had the best risk management. Always. They knew how to either hold on to their winners the best and or they knew how to cut their losers so fast that even if they lost a lot, their winners still were so much better than their losers that they ended up being profitable. So what would you recommend to somebody who's trying to find that 
consistency in a risk management system. What would be the first step in that? Because there's a lot of different ways to go about that sizing, grading, um, you know, just so many different areas that we can approach risk management from. What would you recommend to somebody that's struggling to put a, like you said it word for word, a risk management plan, I think is how you called it, a yep. risk management plan. How would you put that in place, step one? Um, step one, I would tell the new trader that the first step that they should always um, like set in stone is determine the total amount that you're willing to lose a day, right? The total amount you're willing to lose a day. And I suggest keeping that number relatively low to your account size being, you know, like 2%. And that's me being a little generous, to be honest. Um, like yesterday, I took that 0.25 loss on Euro and I didn't even trade anymore after that. <laughs> but um, everybody's different. But I do suggest solidifying uh, set loss limit for your day. And then I also suggest solidifying a, um, a percentage that you want to risk per trade, depending on the setup that you're taking. Now, not each trade is going to get the same amount of risk. Like you don't want to be risking one to two percent on like less probable trades, and uh, you don't want to be risking less amount on higher probability trades. You know what I mean? Because then kind of you're kind of you messing up yourself up there. You yep. screw it up. Yeah, you're messing up the math. How do you no, stay consistent to the like specifically for the people listen? How do you know? which trade is worth 2% versus which trade is worth, like you said today, a quarter of a percent or whatever it was, half a percent? Um, well, depending on their system, um, on our, based on our system, the ASFX system, we have a checklist that we pretty much go through for each pair that we're looking to trade. And the more ticks that that, check, that, that pair uh, ticks off off that checklist, makes gives it a higher grade, which means it deserves a higher risk. Because if you're speaking about numbers, the higher ticks it gets off a checklist, the more probable it's gonna be. Right. So almost like, you know, points, like if, if it has more checks, you give it more points, more points. It's a better yes, setup. Exactly. More points equal better setups. Um, and if if you have a pair that has like if you have five five points on your checklist and that pair checks out on all five points, then there's no reason to not go all in on it. You know what I mean? Like put the one percent on it, put the two percent, whatever your your risk calls for and, you know, trust the system because that's all it is. It's literally a game of numbers. It's it's all fractal, you know. Exactly. How, when you said that right there, that's exactly where I wanted to go. How do you find trust in a system? My recommendation to people when they ask that to me is always markups. Like if you have a system, you should be able to go back test it, go do that, and that will help you build confidence. But how do you do that for yourself? Um, exactly how you just said it, man. Markups and back testing. Um, when I first joined with ASFX, Obviously, you had your proof already and you had it all laid out there. But I also went ahead and did my own back testing as well. Like, I didn't just buy into the course and be like, all right, that's cool. Yep. I'm going to make thousands of dollars off this thing. I actually spent, you know, and I still spend hours of my own time just going through the charts, back testing on the weekends. You know, I, I make sure that I set aside time in the morning to back test the D1 strategy, the D2 strategy, uh, the A1 strategy. Um, and I just take that time to continuously backtest it to just keep building up more evidence um, that the system it works as profitable. And I think what, that's the best way to go about it. I agree. What what keeps you focused on one system right now? The ASFX, like we have our three entries that we use. What's kept you focused on that versus trying to go find another one? Once, like like you said, if the testing is there and, and it checks out in your backtesting, why haven't you gone and added another trading system to your tool belt at this point? Results, man. The results speak for themselves. There's there's this quote that I always live by. Uh, me as being a tech too. 
um, as a day job. It's if it's not broken, don't fix it. Like it's <laughs> as simple as that, man. You know, like, like the system works. There's no, there's no reason to. Yeah, you could add little sprinkles of your own personal touch to it, which I do. Um, I know Kareem does it too in our in our VIP group. And That's like, experience. That's like your yeah, experience. Exactly. You know, just just chart time, just being able to read stuff. You do it all the time too. Like you tweak yep. it, but yep. you know what you're doing. Yep. Um, but yeah, if it's not broken, don't fix it, man. You know, and if it's if it's working for you, just because it doesn't work one trade doesn't mean that the system is like it doesn't work and go find something else. I know a lot. I know some people will do that. I was one of those people when I first started. Strategy bounce. Strategy hopping. Yes, exactly that. Like you know, I was just I would be with one mentor for like a couple weeks, and I found that it didn't work. And then I would jump to another mentor, then jump to another mentor, and the, it was like a never-ending cycle. And then I finally ended here at ASFX, where I, the strategy spoke to me right from the very beginning. Um, dude, I followed you for only like a couple of days or something like that, or a week before I even jumped in. The moment I saw your content, I was like, this guy's doing something a lot different than anybody else's wow. because he's actually, you're actually showing your strategy, like little bits and pieces. Obviously, at the end of the day, this is a business. You got to make money off of something you're good at, right? right? But you were so personal on your on your social media because you were showing all your strategy, you weren't going deep into it, but you were telling people what divergence was. You were showing your entries and everything like that. Something nobody else is doing that I've seen, at least in Instagram or social media space. There's a lot of people showing. They made it uh, easy oh, for me to be different, bro. They made it easy for me to stand out just by actually showing real trades because exactly. there are some of these guys on Instagram to go back to what we were saying about risk management. There are a lot of guys on social media, YouTube and Instagram, Bro, I mean, you saw there's someone that believes that the stars tell them where to put their entries. There are some traders that are on interviews, like they're in a they're in a podcast. I hear them, and they've got more followers than me. They're they're bigger on social media than me. And then when they're asked, "What's your risk, you know, approach towards your trading?" Well, oh, I don't believe in risk. Come on, bro. I mean, I yeah. It's like it's where I throw the flag a little bit because it's like if we're gonna call ourselves traders, there are successful traders before you and me were even thought of being in like before we were even semen in our dad's dick like these dudes have been writing the book for longer than we've been in existence and it's clear that risk management like you said it is the number one characteristic that the number one skill that you have to master in trading so to come on the internet put yourself out there and say you don't have a risk profile that you don't read risk that you don't even worry about i mean it's just very clear you're probably not trading and that's the shitty thing and that kind of gives it a stigma you know gives a lot of people stigma about trading because they they look at that as a gamble they heard somebody they know has lost money what when you first heard forex trading was there anything that turned you off before you found asfx and because i know that like you said you got to find that system that lines up with you but did anything turn you off to forex i didn't ask you yeah um of course i mean i was very skeptical just like i'm pretty sure 99 percent of the people who first get into this this uh this space is you know um you do your research you start doing your research and you start getting bad reviews about it talking about like oh forex is a scam um you know i lost money here it doesn't work blah 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 um and i chalk that up to now that i'm a little bit more educated in trading forex is not the scam forex is foreign exchange that's the market it's you the know, biggest financial market in the world. It's, it's clearly not it's a scam. A market. Yeah, it's it's a market. It's a global market. Right. You got scammed by the people who are in the space, but it's not forex market. So I think that's where a lot of people draw confusion, and that's where I draw confusion. That's what turned me off about it in the beginning. But me, 
uh, I was skeptical, but I'm also very optimistic at the same time. I'm always willing to give something a shot. Or You're open-minded. You're open-minded. Very much. Very much so, yes. Like, I trust people until you give me a reason not to trust you. That's, That's how a good I characteristic, though. That is yeah. a good characteristic to have. Do yeah. you think a lot of traders sit more in that boat where, look, I'll trust it until it proves me wrong? Or do you think a lot of traders are more cynical and they sit in the boat like, no, I wouldn't trust you until you give me a reason to trust you, and then I'll maybe trust you a little bit more. 100%. I think they're on the actual opposite end. They're more they're more on the cynical side um, because a lot of people are very hesitant to throw their hard-earned money into something that they're not 100% comfortable with. Like people find comfort and safety and any market, not just the Forex market. If you're talking about stock markets, um, equities markets, any, any type of market where it's very uncertain, there's going to always going to be more cynical people than there are people who are optimistic, like, like you and I, and are willing to spend money in the beginning as and call it an expense, the expense of learning, you know what I mean? Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Exactly. An expense of learning just to pretty much learn the skill and develop like a lifelong skill to make us money, man. You know, do you think that because of that bias and because of the initial preconceived ideas that people have towards trading, they come into it often self-defeating, often thinking that they're not going to do it, but they get sold that dream, that Lambo, that stack of money. And that kind of puts their, 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 their insecurities away for a second and lets them just buy into this dream. And then that's almost where it kind of gets blended because then a lot of the time the people selling that dream are not the people that can fulfill and help you overcome those insecurities. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yep. Um, I totally agree that people get sucked into that bubble. Um, like I said, I got sucked into it, man. I'm pretty sure everybody no. gets sucked in. Yeah, we all get sucked into it. Um, the promise of being the overnight millionaire. Right. That that's you know, that's what everybody wants to be. And that's I could tell you that it's far from reality, man. Like um what, I don't know. Yep. What do you do to like stay grounded in the fact that it isn't an overnight success? For me, it's always been like my my external factors, but what helps you if you needed to what helped you make the switch to saying this isn't going to be this 500 to a million dollars in a month type of an account thing i need to completely reframe the way i'm looking at it and then what did you change about the way you looked at it um what kept me grounded pretty much like i said was is the losses the losses were a real kick to the stomach that told me that it's not easy you know what i mean like yeah there's times where you could bank you know if, depending on your risk you know if you're crazy risking like five thousand dollars and you could hit you could hold the move for seven r eight r without taking any of that off you're making what like forty thousand dollars thirty five thousand dollars right on that return but that's very that's a very slim chance you know and that's that takes a lot of that takes some balls of steel man like i wouldn't be able to do that anymore when i first started trading i started i was doing that i was trying to hold full moves and i think that's where a lot of my because like i said i didn't have a risk management plan i would take a trade i would try to hold it for especially since i had a smaller account um this is when I started trading live. I had like a little, like $500 account. Yep. So I would take a trade and I was looking for those overnight millionaire gains, right? So I was risking uh, like a hundred bucks on my $500 account. Dude, that's that's 20% risk, you know? Because you would you that, that yeah, yeah. Over and over and over. Dude, if you look at when I started in 2015, my trader's way, it's $100, $100, $90, $100, 100 gone, bro. Gone, gone, gone. Because yep. there was mm -hmm. no management approach but even there i want to point out one thing that you said that i think is really important you would end up taking these trades that would move in your favor 
and then end up coming against you and you would end up losing, giving back money, not taking the full profit that you should have. Now, exactly. because I know the way you trade, explain to everybody the way that it's changed, the way you manage your trades. Be as specific as you want to give everybody context on how you went from, hey, I got a winning position on, I'm up 4R, I'm up 5R, 5 to 1 for those of you that don't know what the R is. I'm up 60 pips, 70 pips, when I only had to risk 10, I'm, I'm up, great. Oh, wait, it's turning against me. Oh, wait, I'm negative. Oh, wait, I got stopped out and I was up 7R, whatever it is. How did you change that and what specifically changed in that approach? Um, well, just a little bit of context behind that. I don't know if you remember this, but remember when I was still pretty new to ASFX, you guys were talking about closing portions of positions sure. at certain levels, right? And I was, um, I, I'm using MetaTrader 4. And I don't know if you remember this, but I asked, I was like, I don't know if you could even do that on MetaTrader 4. Yeah. And then, you know, I think it was like you or Lindsay that came on and was like, yeah, you could totally do that. All you gotta do is modify and hit close. And I was like, oh my God, I did not know that. And ever since that day, bro, my the trade management went skyrocketing because really? i was yeah i was bad i was bagging when i had to bag and i and i was that's how that's really the key to profit profitability in my opinion is that you don't like yeah you can make a ton of money if you're holding these moves for seven eight r like we're talking about right you're risking a thousand you're going eight r on it you're making eight thousand dollars on that trade but you don't know how how hard something is going to move when you're in that trade, you know what I mean? Like we were in EA the other day and it moved 145 pips off of a D2 signal. I had no idea that it was gonna do that. I honestly, I was just like, all right, I'm gonna take this to the 200, take my 50%. Uh, I was actually out 75% at the 200 and it wasn't even it too hard yet. Yeah, it, going. Wasn't, it wasn't even I too hard yet, man. So I think what's changed for me is um, I have this mindset now that I always just wanna come out profitable no matter what it is. So I'm gonna take my profits where I can get them. At each key level, at each key uh, significant EMA, at our levels, I'm taking pieces off. Once let's I go get, with, mm -hmm. let, me, let me go, I'll challenge you as somebody else would challenge you. If you do that and you're piecing out of your trade, so for everybody listening, what he's saying is basically like when he takes an entry, if he's up a certain distance, he'll close some of that trade and then decide depending on the trade, if he's gonna move his stop loss into profit, if he's gonna just put it closer, whatever he's gonna do. He decides that as the trade develops, but basically he's saying what you guys have heard me say a lot, which is don't forecast. You don't know how much it's gonna rip. So in the same sense that you don't know that and you don't wanna um, pull out of the move too early so you don't miss that potential push, right? So because of that, that's this management approach of let me take some off as it moves in my direction and move my stop loss up. He's saying has proven to be, I think, more consistent. Is that fair to say, Alex? That's ex that's exactly it, man. Because, um, like I said, yeah, your profits are going to be significantly less, right? Um, than if you were to. Sorry. No. Okay. Okay. That's that Alexa or is that the portal? No, that's the. I don't want to say the keyword. Don't say your name. I know she'll do. Yeah, don't do it. I don't want to say the name, but yeah, it's the A L E X A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry, go ahead. But where was I? Oh, I was saying, yeah. So taking portions off of your trade at certain levels is going to net you less profit, right? Yes. But at the end of the day, it's still profit nonetheless. It's more money right. in your pocket than you started the day with, right? Right. And it's just, it's pretty much ensuring that you're always going to come out profitable at the end of a trade. Because say you're in a trade, you get to that one hour level, and right from that one hour level, 
something, you know, the price just doesn't work with you and it just turns right back around, which happens quite often, you know, you'll have the, you'll have the awesome analysis and you're thinking that this thing's going to rip for 3R, 4R, it'll hit your target technically. Technically, it should just by looking at it, right? But for some reason, it just doesn't because, you know, it's the Forex market. It does what it wants to do. So you're up 1R and you get a little bit greedy and you're like, all right, you know what? I could take, I could take this to 3R at full size. And that pair just rapidly reverses on you. Now, instead of you locking in 50%, you're walking out with a full risk of whatever you had initially risked, you know, right. and you're right. taking and right a, there, a lot. Of, a lot of people will, exactly. And then they take the L where you have to, and this is something else I've been talking to a lot of people about. Steve said this, Gwendolyn said this, you got to play into what you like. Your strategy, even your risk management has to be around what you like. You loved me for my analytical side, the, the, the quantitative side of the system. So the, the risk management has to be the same way too. You know what I mean? The way you manage the trade has to play into who you are. And for me, I like to win. I don't like to lose. Psychologically, the loses, the losses beat me down. I think you're saying you're the same way. You'd rather win, even if it's a little bit smaller, but I'd rather just be blue, come back tomorrow. Blue, come back tomorrow. Where did you take and internalize that survival mindset? Because that's what I would call it, a survivalist mindset. Because you're just like, listen, man, I'm going to grow this account. I'm going to keep winning. And I'm just going to keep showing up. Because if I just do that, the profits get bigger. I don't, like you said, I don't need another system. I don't need every, I've got what works. I just need to get bigger. What made you really settle in and accept that? Um, if I'm being honest, it's the fact that you guys, everybody, you, everybody in the VIP chat for ASFX, you, that's all we preach, man. You know, so it's like if you're in that chat every day and you're hearing the same thing over and over and over again, it's going to start clicking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I think that's that's like a really good benefit of having a community of traders to trade with, too. It's you guys start instilling really positive vibes and you guys kind of just start meshing with each other. You guys start taking the good habits and pulling it on yourself. From That's everybody, the, from like I mean, a collective. The logo above my head on, on my arm, it literally means tr the triangle with the line through it is transcendence. And then the three pillars underneath is a group. So it means transcendence as a group. We go further together. That's exactly wow. why. I've, I've, but literally, I've always believed that, that I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I want people like you around me. Now I've got guys like Steve Burns in my network that are like almost my friends, digital friends. And it's like, that's exactly what, I think the trading community can be at its most beautiful point. And then the active Sorry. side of that every day with us in the VIP chat. But going back to one more thing I wanted to touch on with the risk management. When you take a trade and it goes up one R, let's say your stop loss is 10 pips, it goes up 10 or 11 pips, you're up over one R and you move your stop to profit and it comes down and it stops you out. You took off a little bit of the trade as you should, like we talk about in, in our rules. Let's call it a C setup because you know what that is. And the people in our VIP chat listening will know what it is. So it's a C setup, it's up one R maybe a little bit more, you take some off, you move the stop to break even, cover the spread, get it up into profit, and it stops you out. And then that happens five times in a row. At some point, someone will say, how come we are doing this? Why are we putting our stop loss in profit where if I had just left it alone at the original position, maybe it was just a pullback and it would have kept going for me. My answer to them is always, like I just explained, I like to win, I wanna be consistent, but this strategy of put the stop in profit and let it run, feeds into what you just said, which was react, don't predict. So you give it that space where, yeah, this one might stop me out. Yeah, this one might stop me out. This one might stop me, but this one went 6R. Well, now I'm in that 6R and I'm swinging that trade for four days because I did it this way. Is that what has helped you, I think, back to what I said, internalize this idea of solid, take the bag kind of risk management? 
one yeah 100 like i'm never upset when i take a little bit off and hit a break even trade i don't even get upset if the if i didn't get to take any off and i get taken out of break even because at the end of the day i didn't lose money you know you want to stay away from losing money that that's the name of the game like survivability like you said is our job as traders i think you know as real traders because there's some that's going to be out there swinging for the fences she'll lose 10 times and they'll win the one that'll get them they'll show you off. just the one winner they won't the show you the ten losers. Yes, exactly you know so those are those traders and those aren't even to me no offense they're not considered traders they're considered gamblers you know you're they're, they're going to casinos is what they're doing they're throwing craps is what they're doing and you could win it anybody could win at vegas i could win at vegas you know but can you consistently win at vegas is is, is the real question yeah. you know can you consistently win at back? no not not many people um and even there, there's very select few but that is a great comparison and i feel like that's even in that gray area going back to what we were saying about how people's opinions <clears throat> excuse me people's opinions of trading they have that stigma the stigma they always go is oh it's gambling it's gambling it's gambling if you don't have a system so now that you've kind of put this system together if you could look back to when you first got started what would be like the number one thing you would tell young alex if you were like hey bro i can see you down there i know you just found out what forex is don't do this shit. what would it be oh man i can't even say just one thing there's like a bucket of things that I wish I can go back to uh, when I first started trading and just tell myself to kind of ease myself into a better journey. But if I had to pick one thing, just one thing, um, man, that's such a tough call, bro. I want to say find a community and a strategy that works with you as fast as you can. And um, that's Great point. I don't mean to cut you off, but you just reminded me of something you said earlier too. The strategy bouncing, I want you to speak on this because people talk down on that. Explain to new traders why it's okay to bounce strategies, but only until you get to the point that you just said. To look exactly. something you yep. there, in my opinion, there's nothing wrong with strategy bouncing because you're trying something out. And as long as you give it enough time and you you literally figure out like figure it out for yourself that that's not for you, you gave it a valid try move on, you know? And that's what happened with me when I first started. I think I went through about, I want to say four, four mentors before I stumbled upon ASFX. And each one I quickly realized wasn't for me. You know, one was, two of them were trading swing, uh, trading swings, which I'm not a fan of. I don't, I don't like swing trading. One was like, it was like a mix of scalping slash day trading, but the strategy although also didn't mesh well with me because it was more, now that I'm in ASFX, I can kind of say that it's more predicting trying to predict where the market is going as opposed to having like exact entry rules. And I think that's what each one of these mentors and their strategy, and I'm not trying to talk down to them. That's why I'm not mentioning their names. Uh, Cause obviously it works for them. They make money off it. But what I think they lack is exact entry rules. You know Precision. what I mean? Precision. Yeah. Most of them are just saying, look for the rejection here. At this zone. here. The wave comes here when the wave hits yeah. this corrective wave and the impulse wave, but then they don't yeah. give quantitative numbers. So you yeah, really exactly. like the data piece of it. The data gave you something yes. to be like, hey, this is this is that quantitative piece that I needed. Yes, 100%. I mean, in the system, you're looking for exact things, you know, in our in our trading strategy, you're looking for some. If this happens, then you do this. It's like a, it's a kind of like a JavaScript model. It's like you have an if statement, then you have a then statement. That, bro, that's if exactly. Binary code, yeah. zeros and ones. That's it. Like, yep. I mean, 
I, I look at it from, you know me a little bit now that we've been working together. You, you know that I'm a pretty open-minded guy. I'm not uh -huh. shy from conspiracy theories or I'll say whatever, like, I don't care. <laughs> Whenever, when we talk about the simulation theory and the ideas of computing and the power of code to think that it's as simple as zeros and ones that create the internet, basically that create everything that we're doing. It really comes back to that's, that's like, why overcomplicate the trading? Let's just make it binary. Let's make it this or that. Exactly. Is it this or is it that? Is it a swapping liquid 50, Alex? Well, it's kind of in the cell zone for a second. Bro, I didn't know <laughs> if it was in the cell zone. That's what I say. I'm like, that's not what I asked you. Is it swapping? Yes or no? Yes, Five yes or no. Yep. Yes or no. That's it, man. And, that's uh, it. and that's, I think that's the best part about it. And that's what a lot of strategies out there are missing. Um, but going back to the whole thing about, um, you know, swapping mentors or swapping strategies, yeah. it's definitely not wrong. You know, do what you got to do to find out, to find your path. Everybody's yeah. path is going to be different. I had to go through five mentors to eventually find something that works for me. And that's okay. Somebody might have just jumped in right from the beginning and found this that they, they clicked. And honestly, if you found this as a very new trader, I commend you. Like, you know, like you're lucky. You're one of the lucky ones. I'll tell you that if you found this. Well, it's an interesting time because we're beginning. building that out for people, right? Like we're building this. That's what I think about now. It's like I I am creating the brand and, and the, the place where people can go that would give them a better start than I had. Because I had nothing. I had yep. dudes in France that were not speaking English trying to teach me. So it's like, yeah, I'm not even kidding. So now that we're in that position, it's pretty unique to when we have to tell new traders, like, we're not trying to sell you anything. We're not trying to scam you. are not trying to spam you. are not trying to do it. But like, you need something like this, you know? And it's interesting because you can find them in different markets. And honestly, speaking about different markets, I wanted to get your input going forward because I know you kind of have a good handle on global markets not that you're an economist neither of us are we just kind of read what's going on and we try to keep up with it but what are your thoughts on bitcoin going into the next six months and if you'd like to comment on gold just as a comparative to the dollar and to the forex market how do you see everything that's happening right now as we stand everybody bitcoin is at 92.98 just so you know um not for nothing i think i'm kind of like the wrong person to ask regarding that that's um, okay i don't really have an opinion on Bitcoin. That's why when you guys talk about it, I don't really chime in. Um, I'm like 100% solely just Forex. You know, Forex and yeah. a little bit of the stock market. I do a bit of speculation on the stock market, being that it's at an interesting time right now, you know, and it's kind of a crucial time whether we're going to start making higher highs now or are we are we in a small correction phase before another wave down? Um, well, what do you think? Is it a dead cat bounce? Just a big dead cat bounce? If I'm looking at it based on our strategy, which is a technical strategy, I think we have a lot of room for upside just looking like just using our strategy in general like technicals using the emas and stuff like that we've kind of broken levels already on the emas that show that we could keep rising you know but um the fundamentals might come into play and depending on how worse this whole coronavirus gets if it gets worse before it gets any better then i'm expecting another tumble down on our us stocks pretty much um, Do you think there will be a second wave of this virus that could lead to that? Uh, 100%. If what they're talking about is reopening like a lot of states and uh, stuff like that, I personally think it's too soon. And I feel like the reopening of states is is um, is getting is being driven by greed, pretty much. We're losing a lot of money, and that's definitely a factor that we can't ignore. Sure. But I feel like that's really driving people or the government and politics to start opening stuff up really early because the virus, we don't know too much about it. It could resurface, which could come back with a second wave even harder. 
So in my opinion, why not suck it up for maybe another couple of months? Yeah, we're going to lose money, but is it worth reopening and then having to close for another year? Or do you right. want to just maybe stay oh closed God. for Could two you imagine that? Months? Nah, dude. <laughs> I'm ha- we're, I want this to be over by September, man. Well, you're you're in it even more than I am. I'm out in central Pennsylvania. For everybody that doesn't know, Alex is in New York, where it's it's much worse where Alex is. And yep. I feel like the, the – I agree with you 100% on the side of – we will have to see how that's kind of what's kept me away from trading stocks. To be honest, it's that you have this other factor that plays into it. So when you, which is the, the fundamentals, they're very heavy in stocks. They they, they impact the market a lot more than Forex. Forex, you know, people say like FOMC and NFP make, they do make an impact and they move currencies in a direction, but it's not the same type of impact where a stock could gap 60% up or down. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it can Mm -hmm. do crazy. So how do you take all that information? And I appreciate you being honest with us that you're not a big, big guy. You're not a big crypto guy, but you do know that there's something going on. You're in it with the virus. You're in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. How do you take that information and apply it into your Forex trading? Um, Has it made you uh, less likely to hold trades longer? Has it made you smaller in your size? Has it made you follow Twitter more? What are you doing on a daily basis more now or less? uh, Definitely in terms of my trading, I'm a little bit more cautious now. Because um, the the movements of even in the forex market is a lot different back in January than it is now. Right now, you could see a lot of chop, especially with the more liquid pairs, like as you see with like Euro USD, which is one of the sure. most our most liquid pairs. But you could see the chop that it's in. Like it's very hard to trade. We've had we've tried to trade it twice with both of us too. It was on Friday, yep, yep. and yesterday, yesterday, and both presented great signals. You know, they looked the best on that day. They just didn't work, you know, yeah. and yeah. I think it's being driven by a lot of like the whole pandemic that's going on around the world, being that Euro and USD, two of the biggest currencies are kind of battling it out. So it's definitely made me more cautious in my trading. Um, do I still take all types of setups? Yes. I take C setups. Yes. I know I get kind of heat from that from some people, um, but that's OK because it's part of my plan. You know, we have a strategy based around it. So why not take it as long as it checks out and you know what you know what you're getting into, you know? Um, definitely more cautious though. Definitely a lot more cautious in my trading. Two more questions for you. First, how important is it for new traders to be willing to be checked on accountability on, Hey, I did this wrong. Hey, I did this right. How important is that? I find that to be very, very important because if nobody's checking you on your trading or on your plan or your strategy or your, your habits, then you don't know that you're doing it wrong. You're just going to keep thinking that you're doing it properly, which was, an issue I had because when I first started trading, uh, even when I got into these mentorship groups, they weren't as tight knit as we are here in the VIP chat. And in our VIP chat, you'll post something, you'll have ten different people giving you their opinion. You know, um, when I was involved in other mentorship programs, I wasn't really getting that. I was getting, I was posting my analysis, then I would get the good job, bro. Like no other input though. Then I'd take the trade and I'd lose, and I'd be like, but you said it was a good job. You know, <laughs> so I never really got checked when I was in these other mentorship programs, like how I got checked here. Um, you know, you being the mentor, you're, you're you're a trader first, you know, which is great because you're in there with us every day and you're checking each one of us. Like you, you post an analysis, somebody posts an analysis and you're there as the mentor. And I think that's what sticks out about your program the most is like you're actually active. You're, yeah. you're a trader first then uh, and you're a businessman second which is amazing. Yep. 
you know yeah. you're, you're you. in there with us every day 3 a.m eastern time it's got, listen, it's got its pros and it's got its cons because at the same yeah. time as it grows and grows it's harder for me to be that you know my time has become now where like a lot of one-on-ones are being booked and stuff like that so it's like i want to be there to still coach but like you said I, my number one thing for me right now because of what happened with the company i was with before riley and i started this last year and everything like that no, the number one thing now is my personal happiness, my personal health, and my trading. That's the top right there. Coaching and everything yeah. else, it's up there. It's all in the top bracket of top priorities. But if I want to stop and I want to walk away and I need to, I don't need to worry about answering anybody. I, I give myself that freedom just like everybody else in our chat does. But then at the same time, when I get people that DM me and say, hey, give me feedback on this, I'll do exactly like you said, which is what I want people to do to me. You do it to me in some of my trades. When I And what I found super valuable, just for people listening, if you ever want to take a step forward in your own trading and ask for accountability, that's all you need to do to get it going is to ask for it. Just say, can you give me some feedback on this? But when someone comes at you and just straight up types back on a keyboard and says, no, you are wrong, don't get butt hurt. Too many people get emotional and they get all like, he's being mean to me. It's like, come on. And that's what I love about our group and love about people like you. It's like, we're not going to worry about that. If I'm being mean or not, it doesn't matter. Read the words that are coming out of my text and listen. Like, that's what we're trying to do here. We're trying to grow, not, you know, cushion your feelings and give you a fifth place trophy. In trading, there's no fifth place trophy. You know, you're either making money or you're not making money. You're not making money, yeah. Well, actually, there's three. It's out of there, you're breaking even. Yeah, you're breaking even. But eventually that's going to change. Eventually you'll stop breaking even. You'll start losing or making money. Exactly. For, yeah. for our final question, Alex, I want to leave the, the – the, I really appreciate everything we covered here. I'm interested to see for everybody that's still watching the YouTube video and listening to the podcast, comment and let us know what – out of all of these topics that we've covered here, where do you want us to go when I bring Alex back onto the show in a couple of months? When we touch on Bitcoin, when it's at 20K and gold's at 3K. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. But when we bring Alex on, let me know what you guys wanted to hear in the comments. But Alex, I want to leave it to you here. If there's anything that you want to get across to the new or struggling trader that's listening, take the floor. Uh, main advice to new and struggling traders, get a risk management plan. Get a mentor that actually cares about you and that really cares about you. Um, get involved with a group of traders because trading is a lonely profession in general. When you're trading alone, it's very, very lonely. You know, you're you're sitting at the charts for five, six hours, sometimes the whole day, and you're not talking to anybody. Nobody's giving you feedback. It could be very lonely um, and it could be very emotionally draining. So you should definitely get involved with a group of people as much as you can. Even if it's two, three people that you set up trading with, um, I also suggest tr if you're brand new, don't shy away from trading on a demo account until you know you're ready. Um, I know there's a lot of controversy about that, about people saying that you should get into a live account as soon as you can because you're not going to feel the real emotions. But I think that's a little bit of that's kind of false because when I first started trading, I was on a demo account for a good amount of time. Um, I didn't, I funded my first like live account, but after like two weeks and I started getting a lot of losses, I pulled that money out and I went right back to demo trading, you know? And I think the key point about demo trading is you get what you get. I mean, uh, you get out what you put in. Cause when I was demo trading, I treated it like a live account, like 100%. I was, when I was taking losses, I was really butthurt when I took a loss on it. You know, um, when I won, I was really excited, even though it wasn't real profit, but I feel like that had built me out. Yeah, it's all a mental game, you know, so it built me out pretty strongly 
to the point that when I did start trading live, I carried the good habits that I had into my live trading just because of demo trading. Um, and I think that's really it, man. Just just go at it. This isn't this isn't something easy. You know, there's people that's been in this racket for years who are still learning every day. Be comfortable with learning. That's 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 the thing. Also, be very comfortable that you're going to learn something new every day. You're never going to be 100% correct, um, and you're never going to win 100% of the time. If you're a good trader, you'll win about half the time. Yeah, 40% to 50% of the time. The key is risk management, like how we were talking about. Make sure your winners are a lot bigger than your losers, and you're going to come out profitable at the end. And so basically what you're saying is swallow the ego and put in the work. There's yep. no room for ego, and there's Not no up or shut up. Not up or shut up, bro. I not love up it. or shut up, man. That's it. Um, so, yeah, it's not easy, bro. It's really, It really isn't. Everybody comes into this thinking that they're going to be a millionaire overnight. That's the furthest thing from the truth, man. If anything, you'll make a few hundred dollars within your first couple of months if you're if you start getting a handle on everything. And but you if have you to accept it for a year, you're gonna be in a better a way better spot. Way better position. Yeah. The key is taking those little steps um for like the old like just the bigger picture is what you have to be concerned with. You have to understand that this isn't a get rich quick scheme that, that a lot of people kind of portray it as. Really isn't is it possible? One hundred percent. It's definitely possible. It's, it's possible to take one trade and it becomes a runner. You're getting that to you at a couple thousand dollars. It's great. But then that next trade, you could automatically lose that thousand dollars. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a long-term game that you have to be 100% committed to. And if you're really committed, you got to be ready to sacrifice sleep, um, sacrifice weekends, um, sometimes sacrifice family and friends, although, you know, they're, they're very important, but you know, you have to make time to learn this craft. And if you really, it's something that you're really into, man, just dive in. There's really nothing, there, there's, if you like it, you love it, and you want to get good at it, there's no reason not to dive in, you know? I love it, if man. It doesn't, if it doesn't work out, just walk away. That's it. You tried it. Yeah, exactly. you tried it. It wasn't for you. You tried it. You're gone. You know? That's it, man. So where can everybody find you, Alex, on social media? What is the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, you guys can find me on Instagram at AlexAlfonsoFX. Um, I just started a new Instagram page where I'm Killer content. Killer content. <laughs> Thank you, man. I think I, my phone is on fire when you post. If I catch it on fire, and start smoking. I have a. I went to school for graphics. That was like that's my background. And he's I also. What he's saying, everybody. He's got a cheat code. <laughs> yeah, and I did like freelance photography and videography, and you know a whole bunch of like creative stuff on the side. So, uh, but yeah, I just started a new Instagram account. You guys can find me there, Alex Alfonso FX. Um, I'm also working on launching a YouTube where I'm going to be documenting like real, the, the life of a, of a trader, like the real life of a trader. I'm not talking about like hopping into a Lambo and driving or anything. I'm talking about you guys are going to see me sitting on my desk trading at like 3 a.m. And if you guys are interested in something like that, uh, you guys want to see content of what it's, what it's really like. Uh, I'm going to be as real as I can be on this YouTube channel. You guys can find me there too. Alex Alfonso uh, FX as well. And I'll leave a link in my Instagram. For you guys to check that out when it launches. I'll put everything down below too, Alex, so that way they can all go. I'm excited for the YouTube channel, bro. And I know people will be watching this in the future after you already have a bunch of shit on there, and it's going to be awesome. So I'm excited just because I know you make great content. So I'm going to – I just love the way you creatively paint the whole thing. So it's going to be awesome. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Absolutely, bro. So thank you again for the – You want it too, man. We're going to do like – we're going to have some meet up one day, and then we're going to do like – I know. We're too too close to not. I know. and but I – I love to be on. That's the name of the game with the collaborations. That's how we reach more people and, and actually make it. So yeah, absolutely. But 
Thank you again, bro. I really, I can't thank you enough for the time. Thank you for listening to today's money. If you want to check out the video that goes along with this episode, there's a link in the show notes. Now make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so you don't miss any future episodes. And if there's anything that I can do to help you along your trading journey, please reach out to me. My contact info is in the description as well. Thank you very much. And I'll see you in the next episode.